Welcome to another special edition of the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Kate Calusiestes, one of the pastors on staff. Our ministry of worship continues even though the circumstances around the COVID-19 pandemic have caused us to cancel our in-person gatherings for the time being. Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open and affirming congregation. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our messages, we hope that you will find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your journey of faith. We invite you to listen with us now. Church, this is important to understand. And maybe due to my previous life as a writer of museum exhibits, or maybe due to all the TV I've watched during the pandemic, but this text makes me want to magically transport us all to one of those immersive museums. And I have a tour guide thrown in for good measure just to help us better understand the transformative good news of this passage. I'm envisioning an exhibit called The Human Condition, Grief, Grace, and Gratitude. In the opening gallery, there is a historical overview. If you love a good diorama, imagine that. If virtual reality is more your style, envision that. Regardless, the message is the same. Here, intones our guide, is humankind as we once were, living in death. Notice how we are going along with the priorities of this world, even following the ruler of the power of the air, a term that ancient people used for malevolent forces that try to separate us from God. Do you see how everyone does whatever they feel like doing without really thinking about it, like children often do? That's humankind's grievous predicament. Now, if you'll move to the next gallery, notice here how God, purely out of love, love especially for all of us who are doing our own thing rather than seeking God's way, God has brought us from death to life in Christ. You may have to look closely to notice the differences, but however subtle on the outside, these differences are profound. It's a whole different way of life. You can see we're blessed to be alive in Christ, even as we're continuing to navigate this world. So back there is the way it once was, and this is the way it is now. At the end of our tour, you'll find the Ages to Come exhibit, where you're shown the immeasurable riches of God's kindness. But first, let's take a deeper dive into how this past of death was transformed into this present of life. The instrument of that transformation is known as God's gift of grace. Oh, and there's an interactive gallery on the side where you can explore possible responses to God's gift. But right now, our main gallery, God's grace. I wish we could visit such an exhibit because this matters. And I'm not the only one who thinks so. Grace is the thrust of this passage from Ephesians. Classically defined as unmerited favor, grace is given by God. And we can't fully appreciate the magnitude of that gift 
unless we grasp how desperately we need it. The writer of Ephesians is certainly impressed by our neediness, declaring that we were nothing short of dead through our trespasses and sins. We lived in this while we were following the ways of the world. This ancient author had in mind particular issues of his day, but we too are utterly enmeshed in the messes of our day, trapped in systems we did not create, but upon which our lifestyle is based. White so-called supremacy is an obvious example of this, as is misogyny. This past week, the ignorant, arrogant, horrible oppression that flourishes when those sins collide was in the spotlight yet again. Those of us who have historically benefited from our ethnicity or our gender, we did not construct the lies that pale skin is better than dark, that eyes should be rounded instead of almond-shaped, that men are more valuable than women. We didn't invent that poison, we inherited it. But we have failed to eliminate it. Add to that the human inclination toward violence, especially this, nat this nation's idolatry of guns. Add to that the demonization of sexuality that the church has for centuries disseminated. And here we are, a predominantly white, American, Christian church, historically led by male clergy, and situated just two and a half miles from where four women of Asian descent were gunned down a few days ago. We did not design the world this way, but we participate in it every day. As Ephesians emphasizes, we cannot free ourselves from this systematic sin. We were by nature children of wrath, but God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which God loved us even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. It's hard to grasp, but vital to understand. Early in seminary, I encountered a related phrase, justification by grace through faith. Unlike my unchurched background, most of my classmates had religion degrees and their parents were pastors, and they all knew this phrase, justification by grace through faith, it just rolled off their tongues. It made me nuts, because not only did they know it and I didn't, but it had final exam written all over it. I had to master this phrase, but it was like water that you scoop in your hand and it just trickles away, leaving only a residue. It's, let's see, justification through, no, 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 no. Faith through, no, no, no. Grace, but, oh. I didn't even dare attempt it because I knew I'd get it wrong and getting it wrong is even worse than not trying. Meanwhile, that final exam kept cropping, coming closer so here's what I did. In pathetic desperation, I concluded that I was gonna have to just 
memorize, stiffly memorize the mechanics of the thing. Justification, by grace, through faith. Five words, how hard can this be? Five words, three nouns alternating with two prepositions. Well, maybe that's how I learn it. The two prepositions are in alphabetical order, by and through. And, oh, happy day, the three nouns are in reverse alphabetical order. Justification, grace, faith. Okay, okay. To this day, when I have to use that phrase, I get out the first word, justification, and then pause for split-second calculation, by or through, through or by, alphabetical order, by, okay? Justification by faith or grace. Reverse alphabetical order, grace. Justification by grace through faith, check. But what matters is not the mechanics of nouns and prepositions, but the impact of God's merciful love. That phrase, or as our Ephesians passage develops it, by grace you have been saved through faith. That's a theologian way of saying that purely out of God's unmerited favor for us, grace, we were made whole, saved, justified. And we receive this transformation not by proof, but by means of trust, faith. This extraordinary, beautiful realization was key to the Protestant Reformation. Martin Luther and John Calvin both wrote about it. But long before that, this beautiful, extraordinary realization was what may well be the Apostle Paul's greatest contribution to the development of Christianity. The notion that God's grace is not doled out to us because of our good behavior, but floods out at us because of God's good will. Now, the letter to the Ephesians was probably written by a student of Paul's rather than by Paul himself. But it features this concise summary of the apostle's point. By grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It's hard to comprehend such a gift a gift of such generosity and consequence that it cannot be repaid, much less earned. And yet, we itch to imagine ourselves active agents in this arrangement, don't we? Surely we can do something to achieve God's grace or do something to repay it. That's why theologians from Paul to the present day have had to say, no, y'all, it's pure gift. God offers unearned and unearnable grace. You cannot deserve it. You can only receive it and respond to it. And that is the final element that today's text points us to. Our passage concludes, for we are God's handiworks created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Doing good works as our way of life. 
what a faithful response to God's grace. Good works don't lead to grace, but follow from it. As receivers of God's grace, we can respond via a life of good works. This past year has required us to dwell on all that we cannot do. I pray we hear this text as a challenge to figure out what we can do. We don't doubt that there's a lot that needs to be doing, but I wonder if we are nudging ourselves to figure out ways to do it. I think of the Central Night Shelter. It cannot safely offer accommodations to men who are experiencing homelessness, but it did figure out how to feed the men, and Covenant provided their supper twice this month. Thank you. What else can we do in response to God's grace? What good works can you commit to as part of what Ephesians calls your way of life in Christ? Put your ideas in the comments. We can't go on mission trips right now, but we can all contact local, state, and federal officials and urge them to look out for the poor, the needy, the hungry, the disenfranchised, to look out for our environment, our schools, our civil rights. Right now, under active consideration under the Gold Dome downtown, there's a whole slew of bills that will impact, for good or for ill, the most vulnerable citizens of Georgia. As the pandemic lingers, your good works may be as close to home as making phone calls. Please speak up for those who have been treated as other. Please push back against hate and violence. Church, we can have no doubt that we are enmeshed in sin. Even as we grieve its awful cost, we can give thanks for its remedy. God gives us the gift of grace because, as our text says, we are God's handiworks created in Christ Jesus to do good works, not as a means to grace, but as a response to grace. God has given us this capacity to do good. Receive that gift and respond to it by putting it to good use. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. We would normally invite you to worship with us in person on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But while we weather the storm of the COVID-19 pandemic, we invite you to worship with us live on Facebook or YouTube. And please visit our website, covpresatl.org, for more information as well as our full archive of recorded services to learn more about us and to get in touch with us. We wish you well in these times of upheaval. Grace and peace to you.